I have guys that will say to my clients and we do photo shoots and they look great. They're like, can you send me a photo right now? I was like, red flag. Mm-hmm. I uh, know yes. you're not saying you have six freaking photos on there. He doesn't need another no. one. He doesn't need, he's not Bumble looking to identity verify you right now. <laughs> Nobody gets a selfie right now. Hello, and welcome back to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Erica Spira. And I'm Allie. Jackson, am I supposed to say my full name? Are we changing? Are we doing that? I'm Finding Mr. Height, whatever you want to say. Hello, I'm Erica and... Allie? (laughs) And we're back. We're back with another episode. We just got off from recording with Bella Gandhi, founder of Smart Dating Academy. I had a very fun time talking to our guest. Bella was awesome. We, like... It's I love conversations like this because we started off with the intent of talking about like dating after divorce, dating in your 50s, and we took a lot of questions from listeners, and it morphed into an even larger conversation that I think was just so awesome, and I'm excited for the listeners to hear it. Yeah, she's great. She's great on the mic. She's also, you know, the official dating coach of the Steve Harvey show, and she's been around. She's been around 15 years, so she's seen it all, and uh, I enjoyed it, even the parts we didn't agree with her on some of the stuff. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed talking to her. Yeah, totally. Me too. So uh, you and I are lacking a little bit in the dating updates space for personal updates currently. This it's is that correct. time of year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are recording this in the middle of Hanukkah, by the way. So happy Hanukkah to everybody happy listening. Happy Hanukkah, y'all. And happy holidays for everything that's coming, whatever you're celebrating. Hope everybody is enjoying time with friends and family. Uh, but you have some dating hacks for some online apps that you've recently discovered. Yes. So the first is one that I've stumbled upon. And I don't, I actually am, am, am asking, is this a hack question mark? And I'd like other okay. people to maybe try it out and see. Because I might oh, yeah. have just, I can't find anybody talking about it on the internet or TikTok. Uh, so, so far it's just me. Shocking. So okay. when I went home to San Diego and I was swiping in San Diego on Bumble, we talked about how I had expanded my distance rate radius, right? And mm-hmm. because in San Diego, the New York radius was like no one. (laughs) Right. So when I got back, I thought, you know what? I'm going to keep my distance radius at whatever it was. I think it was like 30 miles. Because if I'm willing to start dating somebody who lives in San Diego, I should probably also be willing to start dating somebody who lives in like Jersey City. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you got a car, dude. You already have an advantage that a lot of New Yorkers don't have. You do have a car. And I assume an easy True. pass as well. So that I do. Yes. So <laughs> so that's what I thought, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to keep my dating radius bigger. And I also okay. decided to expand my age um, range. What was Specifically it older. Yeah. It's usually somewhere in between 30 to 32 at the low end. And previously had been at, I think, 42, maybe 43. Oh, really? So, I didn't think yours was that low. Mm -hmm. oh damn okay what'd you put it at so well so when i got back to new york i immediately just without even thinking about it like reverted back to my normal thing and i was swiping and i was going and that's when i decided that's when i had the epiphany about distance and i said you know what i'm also going to increase my age upper limit to i think i put it at 46 now yeah i think most people usually do like 10 up i think that's what i do I think I I think I picked 46 because you had said you do 10 up and I was like okay that sounds like a good place I'll expand it to 10 up fine yeah why not in doing that 
I have gotten more men that were within my previous filters than I was seeing before. Like, uh, does that include the mile radius where you're like, oh, this guy actually like people lives who, in Brooklyn. People who live close to me and are my age. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you feel like the hack is you increase your mile radius, you actually will still get more people closer to you? Yes, yes. I have experienced okay. that by expanding my filters, I am getting even more people that are within my original filters. I feel like this you also experienced this. Yeah, I feel like you also experienced this with height. I believe one time you made it, I don't know, six yeah, feet yeah, yeah. and you were, because it said you were out of six one and you're like, but six ones were popping up. So yes. maybe there's somewhat of a glitch in the app sometimes. Or like maybe they like want you to expand, like they probably want people to have as big a filters as possible because that means that like you're seeing more people. So I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe Bumble's rewarding me for having broader filters, but it's, it's really interesting. Like I actually am not seeing that many people that live super, super far away. Like I, I'm seeing far more people who live near me that I was not seeing before. You know what that makes me wonder is like, where do people work? Because maybe a lot of times we're opening our dating apps as like a procrastination, <laughs> procrastination activity or a downtime activity. Work. And often people open them at work. So like maybe wherever they work is farther. And then, you know, by the time maybe. they're home, you're like, oh, they actually are in Brooklyn now, you know? Possibly. You know I've seen the opposite happen where like somebody will work, especially if you live in a city where people commute into work, where like mm-hmm. I will see somebody be in Manhattan and then we're, ta- we're talking and then I look at their location and it says Long Island. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. That's that's very common. Very common. Yeah. But I'm surprised. But, Do you feel but, like you're getting a lot of Jersey City? I feel like that's not that far from you. That was already in my radius. I probably should have used a different example because Jersey City was already falling within. But I'm getting a lot of like suburban New Jersey. That's the thing that's now in my radius that wasn't before. Suburban New Jersey and suburban Long Island. So I got to ask though, your preference on living in New York forever, has that kind of changed? No, it has not. No, it has not. Okay. No. Fair. Fair to try. Yeah. I'm all for you so, trying this, by the way. I'm just curious if that changed, you know? Yeah, no. Um, but like, yeah. So, I, I mean, I would obviously – that would that would certainly be something that I would want to bring up sooner with somebody who, like, doesn't live here. Yeah. I mean, the easy opener you have to that is I bought an apartment here. Yeah. Yes. Like, I see myself staying. So. Very much rooted here. Um. And the other thing that the other place where I feel like that comes up a little naturally is if I'm trying to go on a date with somebody who doesn't live in the city, we're going to have to figure out where to meet. Yeah. So like yeah. if their initial I've done it this one time before I was trying to coordinate a date with somebody who lived in Jersey and his immediate reaction was like, oh, no, I'm not going into the city. I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, OK, we won't well, be dating because well, I, I live here. I, yeah. You know. I don't have a hard rule of like, you know, they should come to me or blah, 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 right? However, what I like about expanding the filters to a higher radius, or I've even just like swiped to New Jersey when I've, you know, been with family in a different town, like, let me see what's going on here. I know there's a train directly to Manhattan. It could work. Mm -hmm. It's more, I feel like it kind of plays into the, not theory, but the fact that like people value stuff they work a little harder for. Mm Hmm. And sometimes I'm like, or just the fact that maybe they're willing to put in the work a little bit makes me be like, okay, 
you are maybe dating more intentionally that you're not put off by like a slight inconvenience that your travel time is going to be a little longer. True. So true. True. I guess maybe you'll test that theory if we match with more suburbanites. Perhaps I will. So yeah, so far, so far I have not matched with, or maybe I've matched with, but haven't, they haven't responded to my openers or whatever. I'm not currently conversing with any suburbanites, but I am talking to several people that live very near me that all of a sudden I saw. Oh, I meant to clarify the people near you though. Are they older or you're like, no, I'm seeing a bunch of 36 year olds that I just wasn't seeing no. before. Weirdly. They're my age. Oh, that is very odd. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Like a couple people. Uh-huh. I am talking to like one guy who's like 45, whatever. Like, yeah, but yeah. not, but that's the thing. Like that's the, the maybe hack. I don't know. People try it. Let me know. Yeah. Worth a shot. I mean, especially like what's 10 miles. Like right, one more because you know train stop. I don't know. It's not that bad. Also, if if the hack works and I still don't want to date people in the suburbs, I can just see that they're in the suburbs and say no. Yeah, you can. You know, but it was like I went to visit my friend in Long Island from your place, and I drove. Oh, it's and easy. I was like, oh, without traffic, it was twenty five minutes. Yeah, that I was like, oh, yeah. I actually am more open to Long Island than Jersey because Jersey, I have to go through the city, and that's a nightmare. But Long Island right. is much easier. So I'm saying the Long Island might actually be really convenient and easy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we shall see. Why not? Um, here's the other one. This was sent to me by a listener, and I then tried it. So been knocking Hinge, been feeling not great about Hinge, canceled my subscription, but it hasn't run out yet. So my intent is to like delete the app after it's over, not renew it, whatever. But I still have it. Somebody DM'd me and said that she had seen this hack on TikTok, on Hinge, literal opposite of the Bumble thing that I discovered, where you make your mile radius and your age radius as small as possible. Okay. And then when you – and swipe for a while. And then when you reset it, you, it like resets your feed somehow and you will like see better people. Like you get a boost. Yeah. As if – like as because if you switch to a new, new town because we've experienced you're that. You're new in right? town. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It gives the, like it's like if you change to San Diego, same same effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It worked. Oh, nice. Like, this was only four days ago, so like sustained work. I don't know yet. <laughs> but but four days. Option wise, four days. Option wise, you got you got more incoming likes. Would you say, or just more matches? Yeah, wait, what do you feel? Yeah, like? yeah, more incoming oh, likes. Both. Yeah, well, Hell both because yeah. I'm I'm liking the people that are incoming. Okay, so we're like getting a better. I don't think ratio is the right word here. What's the correct financy term for this? It's a better ROI, perhaps. ROI, yes, ROI, ROI, bitch. <laughs> Look at that <laughs> ROI. <laughs> um. Anyway, so completely opposite approaches. Bumble, Bumble, this has been a couple of weeks that I've been sitting on this and seeing if it's true. So like that one I'm pretty confident about and I'd like to hear other people's thoughts. Hinge is brand new, but so far it's working. But then I'm like, these motherfuckers, now I want to keep it staying on Hinge. (laughs) (laughs) It's changed it. It's changed it for you. You're like, damn it. Oh no. I don't think I'm going to read. I don't think I'm going to pay for it it again. Yeah. I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay for it again. I, but I, but I, I I do think I'm going to write it out a little longer and not delete it due to my newfound success. 
I mean, might as well. Shit. I feel like, um, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear from any listeners if there's like any other things they've tried changing their filters on that they were like, oh, there was suddenly an influx of people that they didn't expect. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Right in. Uh, we also are going to introduce a new segment to the pod. Yes. Which I'm very excited for. Uh, so we're calling it potential scam. Everyone. Like when you get those phone calls that say potential scam and we are setting up a voicemail that you can call in and tell us your potential scam and we will rule whether we think it's a scam or not. I'm so, so excited. I'm so excited for us to have this like voicemail option in general. Cause like, I mean, in theory, people could ask us other questions and stuff. Um, yeah, but you like, can also write I, in if you would like, but I'm excited for the voicemail. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But you could also like ask us like a question on the voicemail if you want to, whatever. Um, but I'm super excited. I think it's going to be very fun to like play people's voicemails and and make our scam rulings or answer their questions or whatever it is. Yes. So some classics include uh, I'm not ready for a relationship right now. Scam alert. Scam. Uh, I'm like trying to think. I'm like, what are the classics to get get the listeners thinking? <laughs> you know? But also what I love about this is it doesn't have to be dating and relationships. Whatever scams no. you think are happening to you out there, please note we're gonna notify the masses. Okay. We are now <laughs> scam yeah. awareness. If, if somebody if somebody says they left their golf clubs in your car, scam. Scam. Yes. Scam scam. <laughs> uh yeah. And the phone number is 929-888-7184. And it's in the descriptions as well. Call us. Leave us a voicemail with your potential scam or sketchy situation or things that feel a little fishy to you. And we will weigh in. I'm so excited. This is going to be this is going to be super fun. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to hear or, everyone's voices, too. Or as Erica says in the voicemail, if you could leave us a compliment. Feel free. To- <laughs> yeah. Feel free to also just call us and tell us that you're enjoying the show. You know, <laughs> I think yeah. that's it. Anything. This week. Yeah. Anything going on with you? I know you're. I know you're fully uh, off the apps. The, <laughs> yeah, on the dating front, I do not have anything. Um, I forgot to just update about my shows in my hometown. Uh, everything yeah. went really, really great, and I was really relieved. <laughs> number one, um, great. But also, like, it was it was like a very pleasant surprise to see like a lot of faces and people that I just have not seen in years, like. <laughs> I ended How up fun. having a crowd work moment with my old piano teacher that what? I quit. I remember her being very mad that I quit. Oh. <laughs> I was like seven or eight. What was the was interaction? I, was like, um, I have that bit I talk about like um, going to a psychic or getting a psychic reading. And I asked the crowd, mm-hmm. like, has anyone in here, you know, done a psychic reading and got in, gotten like good news or something, you know, they feel comfortable yeah. sharing. And she shared that she went to a psychic reading who said, that she was not going to have kids however she was going to kind of have children through her teaching and at the time she wasn't a teacher at all oh wow and both ended up being true that she became a piano teacher and she didn't technically have kids but she was like oh i always see my students like as my children and i was like oh, oh i just got chills right and then i was like and then she was like and then you must be quick i told then the story i was leave like, you is that you <laughs> I was like, well, I got into comedy. How am I doing? <laughs> I was like, sorry, I can't play a tune for you from the stage. But, um, you know, I did like piano. I just liked sports more. So I went in that direction. But uh, yeah, relatable. Been there as well myself. Yeah. I know. But it was uh, 
it was just it was just so crazy to see like so many old teachers and things like that and like you know um parents of my friends and all these other things so it was just it was honestly really really nice and it made me be like okay that wasn't that wasn't I don't want to say bad but I just was very anxious about it because you know I've hit, hit the point of doing comedy 10 years that it's like I want people to come and see me and genuinely think it's good and have a good time yeah of course and I yeah and I feel the pressure of like doing it long enough that I should be that good in the headlining position um so you know with people that know you it's like I just didn't want them to leave being like oh that's cute like she's still doing that comedy thing she's still doing that thing what a lovely you know what I mean like right like it's like I want them I hope they genuinely yeah had a great time and it's like not just because you know me if that makes sense it does yeah and I'm sure that they did yeah so it felt good it felt good and it felt good to get some headlining legs so I'm looking forward to trying to just put together more headlining stuff in the future so well that's awesome I'm so happy it went well yeah I'm glad you're happy because a lot of states I'm looking to headline. I'm bringing you for a live podcast as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you have this weekend open? Um, do you by chance have the night before for a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That stay, stay tuned, everyone, because uh, we're we're doing it. Doing it live, as we they are. say. We're getting it on the books. So feel free to let us know where you'd like us to come. We're always taking those suggestions as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's it for the updates. Yeah, shall we uh, get on over to Bella? I'm just so excited for everyone to hear from her. Yeah, as I said before, she's the founder of Smart Dating Academy. She's been on the Steve Harvey Show numerous times. Good Morning America. She's got a TED Talk. She's uh, She knows dating. She's been in the game. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Bella. Uh, oh, yeah, yes. She is a force, truly. So without further ado, let's get to Bella. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows, start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhyte.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. 
And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink. That is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we are back with Bella. Hi, Bella. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to get you on. Uh, You are the founder of the Smart Dating Academy. So a little quick background for our listeners. How did you get into the Smart Dating Academy and the dating space? What's your story? So I started this company professionally 15 years ago, but I had matchmaking and coaching and dating instincts all the way back to college. So I started setting up people. My college roommate is married to somebody that I set her up with. My roommate, when I moved to Chicago post-college, set her up. And so I then wrote out my own little process, found my husband and started teaching all of my friends how to do that. So I come from finance and manufacturing. Once I sold a company, I decided that it was time to set up a company to help people to actually find what I call the lid to their pot. So I started this in 2009 and we we coach people. We've developed a process that can take anybody from their, you know, I've got teenagers. So from the time they're teenagers all the way to their 70s and 80s, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, because love is love and the process works. I love that. I feel like everyone needs a friend like you, given how many of your friends you've set up. <laughs> Right. I know. Actually, totally. In fact, my best friend has um, lost her husband five years ago, tragically, and is now entering the dating world. She's like, how did I get so lucky that you're my best friend? I'm like, I'm coming over to do your photo shoot in two weeks. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, So we have, yeah, we're very excited to have you because we kind of have two topics we're going to tackle with you both simultaneously. The dating over 50, we've gotten some questions about that, and also dating after divorce, which often I feel like these two are somewhat hand in hand for a lot of people, right? So let's start with this question here. Let's start with the the divorce crowd. A lot of recently divorced people will say something like, you know, I haven't gone on a first date in so long. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what the rules are. It's 2023. Things are so different. Uh, What advice would you have for this person? Get a dating coach. <laughs> hire me. Oh my God. I like, love- oh, my advice would be me. <laughs> You're like, hire someone. You Because launching yourself into the dating world, right? You guys are both in the dating world, right? Imagine you've been on a date since like 1995, basically since you guys were like born. And, and you haven't been on a date. Since the father-daughter like- ball for me. 
<laughs> right. I mean, right. When they, before my the first interweb. date with my dad. Oh, <laughs> like pre interwebs, right? Like some people right. call me. They're like, I haven't been on a date since like 1987. I'm like, wow, it's a little different now. So it has become a lot more complex. And yet, love is love, right? So coming out of divorce, the first reason you want to have support around you and you want to do the work, right? You need to go back in and say, why did I pick a person that wasn't good for me? What was my part in this as well, right? And mm. now who do I not just want to be with, but who do I need to be with for this time around? So doing that internal due diligence is so important to do first and foremost, because I mean, look, the divorce data bears it out, y'all. 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce. When you try it again, 67% of second marriages Damn. end in divorce, and then 74% of third. So it, it, we tend to do, it's like same dude, different face, next marriage. That is not what you probably... <laughs> want to do. So you want to take the time to do that work. And then, you know, once you have that figured out, you're going to want to think about getting on a dating app or two. And that requires, that is science and art, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious with those second marriage stats, it seems like maybe a chicken or the egg thing. Like that there are some people who might be like predisposed to, you know, do you know what I mean by that? Like what, what, what is your thought having worked with people who've been divorced on that stat? Yeah. I mean, you're right on track. There are people that for whatever reasons, right, we can't pick our families of origin. So if you come from little T or big T trauma, that can play a profound impact in how you choose your partners, right? So that can weigh into that statistic. It's like, I mean, I can tell you so many stories about clients of ours. I mean, they've even come back to tell their stories on our on the Smart Dating Academy podcast that I married one narcissist and it was terrible. I'm quoting one of my clients named Andrea. And she's like, it was terrible. We got a divorce. I did tons of therapy. I knew what a narcissist was. I could write a book on narcissism. And I found a great guy to date. When I got into the dating pool, I married him and he was a worse narcissist than the first one. Mm. So second divorce in her thirties. Right. And oh, wow. so, yeah, right. And so she got wind of us through some friends and, and now she's happily in love has found the lid to her pot will not be divorced this is it. So, so it really helps. I think if you're out there, maybe you're divorced and this resonates with you. Think about enlisting help. Hell y'all, it takes a village to date and find love. Okay. <laughs> and that's why we're here. Yeah. That's why we're here. That yeah. is why we're here. That is why we are all collectively here. Correct. Exactly. It's also interesting because I would think the divorce crowd would have the better picker because they've been they've been through it. They're like, I've been through a marriage. Mm -hmm. I know how hard it is. I know what's truly important at the end of the day. Those things I cared about when I was young. Whoops, real reality check. That's not what really matters at the end of the day, right? Because one of the questions I was going to have for you is, who who do you find to be the most difficult clients? Is it is it the clients in their 50s or the clients in their 30s? Which one's more difficult? I would think it was the 30s is more difficult. So... 
I can give you a couple of generalities. <laughs> so okay. people, people in their 30s are usually, and I'm not going to say always, but let's say many people in their 30s that come to us are concerned that they want to get married and they want to have kids and they feel the ding of the biological clock. So there's more anxiety in that age group if that's the end goal, especially the kid thing, right? Now, in your in people's 50s, right, they're sort of like, nah, that ship has sailed. Not really, you know, so they're dating with to some extent, they don't have anxiety around that. They have like, lots of I'm other wild. anxieties, right? Like I'm <laughs> old. I Nobody's seen me naked in 20 years. Mm. And so there's anxiety on both sides. Now, with that being said, I will tell you, a hard client has nothing to do with their age. It's their mindset. I've had mm. beautiful, amazing clients in their 30s and in their 50s. And I've had challenging clients in their 30s and their 50s. So it's way more person-specific than age-specific. Okay, fair. That's fair. Yeah. I was just wondering, you know? I, I figured That's a great 50s question. would be like, I know, I know what matters now. You know what I mean? Then you hit us with the second divorce stats. I was like, Jesus, okay, maybe not. Like, oh, maybe, no. Maybe nobody knows what they're doing at every age. <laughs> and you know, sometimes what happens, Erica, in their 50s is they look back at photos of themselves in their 30s and they're like, oh my God, I don't look like that anymore. In my mind, I feel like that girl or that guy, but you know, this has moved and this has sagged and this has had a couple of kids. And so there's a lot mm -hmm. of, it's mind monkeys and mind trash, right? It's like the grass is always greener. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'll look at their photos. I mean, I'm, I'm in my thirties and I've felt that way sometimes looking at pictures. I feel like we all feel that, you know? I mean, look, I think to some extent, I mean, you look at people in their fifties and sixties, it's like, damn, that's the new 30. Like people take yeah. really good care of themselves, right? So again, so much of this is the way that we're thinking about it. So no matter what age you are, I want you to get excited and psychotically optimistic about your dating life because no matter what age you are, no matter what city you're in, no matter whom you're looking for, the most important thing is to be excited and optimistic about this process. Because if you're not, we walk in with that jaded gloom and doom, which is not attractive on anybody. I'm going to start referring to myself as psychotically optimistic. Thank you for that new phrase of mine. Oh my God. Uh, Welcome to the club of psychotic optimists. I love it. Um, but I, I like what you're saying too about coming into it with that optimism because we've all seen the dating app profile that's like, you know, the worst idea I've ever had is downloading this app. And you're like, good God, like Bye. I'm already depressed just taught, just looking at your profile. Peace out. Right. We're done. And I tell my clients when someone sounds negative, believe them, mm -hmm. swipe left, move on. I want you to be with someone who deserves you. Someone who's going to elevate you. Be positive. Be fun, right? You don't need Debbie Downer. No, not at all. Mm -mm. Or drama. That's that's. I think that's one of your other key things, right? Anybody that writes no drama is usually the most dramatic. Am I right? Good memory. Literally yes. Memories. When people say n n looking for no drama, that means I will cause you drama. <laughs> yeah. That means that <laughs> then I'll means say you're like, being dramatic. 
Yes. Literally, that means I have done things to upset people and then blamed them for it. Absolutely. Like, I should not be held accountable for my actions. That's yeah. you being dramatic. Um, No, <laughs> not really. Yes. Uh, so speaking of dating apps, one of the questions we got from a handful of people were, I'm in my 50s. What dating app should I use? Do you have a preference that you give to your clients? I mean, we've got so many clients, so we've got a lot of them on different apps. It's really, it's kind of more city-based, like where are you and who are you looking for? So I've got people over 50 on Match, on Hinge, on Bumble, some are on The League, some are on Zeus, some are on eHarmony, um, you know, those are the big ones, but I tend to favor apps that are bigger just because you might as well have a bigger haystack. I feel like every app can be great and terrible. Like those big ones specifically, like, I don't, I feel like somebody, a lot of people are looking for like, well, just which one should I be on? Like, which one's the good one? And I don't know that there's an answer for that. That is so correct. I always say, Online dating is like the world's largest cocktail party. Okay. So that's a party you want to be at. Now imagine like, you know, if you're in New York City, like the Javits Center or McCormick Place in Chicago, like a giant convention hall, right? And then yeah. there's big grand ballrooms. And then there's also all these little conference rooms. That's kind of what online dating is metaphorically. And then people leave one room and they might go into the big room. Or they might go into the little room or they might go across the way to that room over there, the purple room. But ultimately, that's what online dating is. If I had a dollar for every person's like, come on, just tell me. I know, you know, I know, you know, what's the right, what's the best app? I'm like, they are all giant databases. They're databases. And everybody puts their entry into all the databases. They're basically mm -hmm. similar. It's like, oh my God, I see the same people on there. I'm like, because you're also on the same apps that you're seeing the same people on. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I'm curious, do you encourage your clients to be on more than one app? Or do you feel like if you're brand new back into the dating scene, just stick with one at a time? So we have a whole process that we start people with, like a total mindset turnaround for women looking for men. We have a whole process called finding high GHQ guys, high in good husband qualities. So then <laughs> you're really, it's totally upending the standard checklist, right? And, and so after that, you know, it's like three hours of doing that. Then we do photos, we do their profiles and... And then they actually dip their toes into the dating pool. And that's where the fun actually starts. I have one specific question. I feel like a lot of people that are divorced or, you know, married before, whatever the situation is, feel like they should be disclosing this on their dating app profile. How do you feel about that? If they're divorced? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like uh, people have been like, when, when should I tell them that I was married or like all these different things. And I feel like people feel this pressure to put it on their profile or even bring it up on the first date. So uh, I'm curious what your advice is on that. So most of the apps have a little drop down menu where you can say I'm married or I'm not married. I'm never married. 
separated, divorced, whatever your status is in there. So be honest with that so people can see, okay, are you separated or are you divorced? But that's when you should tell someone right away is up front when you can pick that on a drop down menu. And, you know, I forgot to answer the question you asked me before about our clients being on dating apps. We start them on one app when the dating mm-hmm. fund begins. And then maybe one to two months later, we might add a second one. That's the, that is the max that any of our clients are on. I mean, I've done two makeovers on shows where they're like, Bella, I'm on eight dating apps. Help me. I'm like eight. I'm like, you're going to have dating yeah. ADHD. Like, come on. Like, let's shut off seven of them. Let's restart it with great photos, good text. And sometimes when you delete and restart, you get shown to more people. So yeah. there's a whole interesting process to all of this. But yeah, start with one and then have no more than two. But have a I feel like strategy. That- yeah, and I feel like that's going to turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you're on eight dating apps, which I I feel like I'm on a lot because I just try different stuff for the show, but even I'm on eight. You're on eight dating apps, you're getting overwhelmed, then you're getting burned out from dating, then you're feeling like dating apps aren't working, and it's this like vicious cycle because you've overwhelmed yourself from the beginning. 100%. And when you're feeling overwhelmed and negative about the apps, I know this for a fact anecdotally because I do it every day with my clients. They'll get in. They're like, oh, it's dreadful. There's nobody in my inbox. Horrible. Degenerates. I'm like, okay, great. So I'll get in there and I'm like, what about this guy? Oh, I didn't see him because you had your dread gloom and doom glasses on when you were looking at the apps every day. Me or someone from my team, we find people in our clients' matches or their inboxes that they've missed or that they're like, ugh, I'm going to get rid of him because of this. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on one second. Let's look at this instead. And this is what happens when we're in that state of overwhelm or negativity. What we see has a gray haze over it. We're like blinded by the rage blinded by the rage. I love that. You know, and it's like left, 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 left. Ugh, I hate this. Throw the phone across the room. Right. But ultimately having an objective source that's like, oh, hold up. I like what he says here. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm like, of course you didn't because you're raging. Because <laughs> you're pissed and you hate this and you hate love and you hate dating. Or a lot of times we just get lazy with the swiping. I have. True. I've gotten in modes where I go, I'm just going to swipe and I'll go look at the profile in more detail later. You know, like swipe and then sift. Right. I mean, I was at a lunch today where somebody was like, yeah, you know, one of our friends was so irritated with her dating apps that she handed her phone to my husband and she said, swipe for me. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's more Play common the video than you realize. For me. Play the video game for me. Yeah, if anything, right. my non-single friends often offer because they're like, it's oh, fun to me. And I'm like, yeah, of course it's so fun, fun to you. <laughs> oh, of course. Well, fun I, games. Right. Yeah. You're like, it's just my dating life. Great. Glad, life. glad I'm like the ultimate brunch story for you. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, 100%. That one of the things we actually do with our clients is when they're working with us, we have them stop talking to their friends about their dating lives. Interesting. 
right? Because it just raises your vibration versus getting in the gloom and doom pits with everybody or being entertainment for your married friends or soliciting advice from people that don't do this professionally, that are going to come to you with their bias that might not be right. We're like, we're just going to have you slim your dating life down with me. And they're like, oh, thank God. I don't have to talk about this. I'm like, no. When someone's like, oh, how's that dating coach thing? Fine. It's good. So far, so good. You know, just one foot in front of the other. One day you're going to show up to a party and you're going to be like, you guys have a surprise. This is my boyfriend. And everyone will be like, hard launch. what? Total hard mm-hmm. launch. There's, I don't hard believe, launch. no soft launching here, right? And then it is, there is a title, there is an exclusivity, and that's when you unveil this person. I did something recently with two actually single friends. We were all on a trip together and we passed our phones to the next person to swipe for each other, but we're, we're all single. So like it actually helped me because I was like, oh, I can be positive about this when I'm doing it for my friend. So why can't I be positive about it when I'm doing it for myself? Right? It's the same thing. You can probably give great dating advice to your friends. You're like, oh, red flag, gross, get out of that. But then when it's on your plate, you're like, is he going to call me again? That's so much harder. (laughs) Right? Right? Because it's harder Um to take the advice that we dole out. Yeah. Or they're talking to your friends. I feel this part more. It's more like a lot of times we're all busy. So it's like, we don't have that often to catch up. And it's like, I'm reminded every time we like go out to dinner, they're like, so what happened to so-and-so? I'm like, Oh God, that was months ago, honey. And it was one day. And I don't even know. <laughs> like, and then it's almost sometimes it like, Sometimes it almost re- reiterates like the disappointment sometimes because mm. it's like, look, a lot of times it's a lot of first dates. It's a lot of first dates. There's no second dates. I don't know. And so I feel that almost more with like updating people on like every little thing that sometimes I feel like, yeah, actually, I'm just going to be quiet till I'm like, okay, this has legs. Now I'll talk about it. <laughs> right. Know? This is my boyfriend. Not even legs. I want like a full. I want arms. I want, want a whole body. Teeth. I want eyeballs. I want all of it. <laughs> so it's almost like. I mean, this maybe depends on the person, but for me, it would be like almost treat it like it's your parents. Then, like I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna say anything to you unless it's like I'm gonna probably introduce you to him. Other than that, right. it's, then it's just for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. So when people are like, "How's dating?" You're like, you know, it's good. So far, so good. No one special yet, even if there is, even if there's legs. But if there's no arms, no head, no torso, no teeth yet, it's just on date four or date five. Wait it out. I'm curious uh, what advice you have to people that are also new in the dating scene with dating multiple people. Because I feel like that's something that, especially if you were married before online dating, that can be really new to you. Like, wait, but I should be going on multiple dates with different people, like, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What advice do you have on that? How many people should you be juggling or should you be doing multiple dates? Wh- where do you stand on that? Yes to multiple dates with multiple people. I call it a dating funnel. Some people call it a horse race. I've called it a horse race, right? It's it, like, think about it. If you think about it in the horse race, if you think about the Kentucky Derby, like the horse that's, you know, doing great on lap one doesn't always win, right? Mm, yeah, very true. Poor dude's going to break his leg on the second lap. and He went too hard too fast. Right. He gets taken out of the race. 
doesn't work out, right? And someone He's else. love bombing. Absolutely. Force love bomb. Right. <laughs> Took the right, first exactly. corner too hard. <laughs> That's what happens. You're love bombing. You're too fast and too furious. I love it. Um, I'll never watch the Derby in the same way again. That's the love bomber. Yep. There he goes. There he Straight goes. off the gate. Showing off. <laughs> Grandiose gestures. There he is. He's yeah. going to ghost this no race after through. two laps. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's going to vaporize after two years, after two laps. So, um, so yeah, now he's yeah glued. I, absolutely. Now he's glued. Poor boy's been taken out back. <laughs> so turned into glue, sent to the glue factory. So I know. So sad. That's what happens. You love That's blonde? what happens. Mm-mm. He turned into glue. Oh my God. Best podcast ever. But no, I'm totally. <laughs> I totally believe in, like, I'm a finance person by education. You need to diversify your assets, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if your friend told you, you know, invest your hundred grand in crypto because he just made 25 grand yesterday, you're like, great for you. I'm going to keep my money. I might put five thousand dollars in out of my hundred thousand but you're not gonna put you're not gonna lock it all in dating is the same way but we're so quick in our society we want instant gratification we believe in some weird set of three dates tell us everything and we want you know instant gratification we want fast forward like it doesn't work that way that's where we make mistakes do you have so you have the the kind of like limit on somebody should be on max two dating apps? Do you have a similar limit for how many people somebody should be dating at one time it, it, to not get overwhelmed? No, I like a good bench. So I mean, in all reasonableness, I mean, with my clients, we help eliminate so many people with red flags in the beginning that most people there might be three to five people typically, if that, right? But I'm merciless in, in eliminating people with mm-hmm. for red flags, but not merciless for eliminating because there's no chemistry yet because chemistry can grow. Mm. But when someone does something or says something strange, negative, inconsistent, whatever, there's a lack of integrity, um, we that fish goes back to the pond real fast. Well, no and wonder so you're saying then, don't tell your friends. Your friends, your friends can't keep up. We can't keep up with three to five people. <laughs> right today, if you're going to need a spreadsheet tonight, for outfits and everything, and you text me like I'm going out with Sam, you're like, "Ooh, Sam, blah blah blah." Sam's gone. Bye, Sam. So by the time your friends like, "What happened to Sam?" You're like, "Sam Who? didn't make it past the video date." Do you recommend doing like phone call, video call before meeting, and do you recommend that for all your clients, regardless of age? Yes, yes, and yes. Do video. Oh, wow. My my job at Smart Dating Academy, in addition to keeping people psychotically optimistic, or part of how we do that, is I have to, I want to protect your time and your energy because dating is a marathon; it's not a sprint. So the less bad dates one goes on, the better off one is. So if mm-hmm. you can do a FaceTime. All of the apps, as you girls know, have video built in 15 to 20 minutes. Listen, crazy can't hide for more than 20 minutes. <laughs> crazy will come hopping out. Okay. You know that. And I know that. So do the video chat. And if somebody looks crazy, negative, red flaggy, 
You just saved yourself two hours, a manicure, hair, whatever. You just saved yourself a whole bunch of time. True. Yeah. I will I say this video. though. The men in their 30s, I feel like it's hard to get people to do this video date or phone call before we meet, personally. Because I, I have tried to do this method and it, it, it's, I don't know. I feel like uh, it's tough. I don't really have a question for that. I'm just <laughs> you're like that's just I hard. Do, that's it. I yeah, I just feel like most guys are like let's just meet. You know, the only ones who are then often I've found fa- file in the negative category that they bring it up and they're very like, listen, I've been catfished a handful of times, so yeah. I want we got to hop on a Facetime, and I'm like, okay, and then that turns me off from doing the Facetime. I'm like, okay, this is a little accusatory of me, and I'm not a catfish. These are all recent photos. That's a red but, flag. Um, if somebody's like, I've been catfished. So like I have guys that will say to my clients and we do photo shoots and they look great. They're like, can you send me a photo right now? I was like, red flag. Mm-hmm. I uh, know yes. you're not saying you have six freaking photos on there. He doesn't need another no. one. He doesn't need, he's not Bumble looking to identity verify you right now. <laughs> Nobody gets a selfie right now. Right. Mm-hmm. If dude is yeah, that dude. negative right now, bye. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. So if somebody's telling you, I that just sounds negative in the first place. Like somebody who's, you know, I've been catfished, so I need to do this. Just say, hey, it'd be great to put a face to a name. Let's do a quick 20-minute video chat. If a guy is interested and he wants to go out with you, he will respect your wishes. So it's a really good filter also for someone. Look, relationships take work. Marriage takes work. If a person is not willing to respect your basic wish to do video, what kind of partner is this person going to be? Yeah, true. true. I mean, I would like to do it. I'm just saying I've I've felt, and I, I don't know if it was because of pandemic times that people did a lot of video dates and that made them like super turned off from it. I've felt a little pushback on it where I've almost felt the need to be like, not the need, but I've almost felt like, should I put a little sales pitch in here? Almost like, hey, bro, I'm saving you money. This is a free date, okay? Just hop on that FaceTime, you know? Right. It's like, right. It's just fun to do a FaceTime. Like, this is my dating protocol, right? Because ultimately what you're doing is you're using your voice. You're protecting your time and your energy with good dating boundaries. I think I'll try it. Because to be honest with you, I've been a little burnt out from the dating app, so I'm on a break right now. But uh, I might try that and maybe I'll pitch it like, hey, the soonest I can meet you is actually a FaceTime tonight if you want to hop it on the phone. It's June. <laughs> so how about we FaceTime? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I find it to be a great, I find it to be a great first step. And my clients today, the only disappointing dates they go on now are the ones where they skip video. And I'm like, mm. why did you skip the video? Mm. They're like, how he really wanted to just go out and meet for wine. I'm like, of course he did. Cause then you would have seen the crazy on the video. (laughs) Interesting. I I feel like when I've done video dates in the past, I feel like they are just more inherently more awkward than in-person dates. Even if the in-person date is not awkward. Like I've had an awkward video date where we decided to go out anyway. And then we had a great time. So what do you advise your clients on like where the bar is for whether or not they want to go out with this person in real life? You mean after an awkward video date? 
Yeah, like I feel like the bar has to be lower to to get on that date. Yeah, if, as long as you feel like there's a connection, you had a decent conversation, go on the date at that point. And the date will be better because you've already taken some of the awkwardness of the in-person off the table because video, what's awkward about it is it's the first time you're meeting somebody, right? And so if you come to the video date prepared to make it not awkward, you come in, you bring the big, you bring fun, you're bringing, you know, a good countenance. You've got fun things to talk about. And it's only 15 to 20 minutes. That automatically puts the other person at ease. So often we're waiting for somebody to entertain us. I'm like, bring a great mood, bring a great outlook because that's contagious. Then you're going to bring out something better in him, right? And it elevates the entire vibe of the date. Funny. I was just going to ask you like, what questions do you give your clients to kind of do on that video date? Because like Ali said, it's not even the awkward. I feel like sometimes it feels very like work-like or interviewee. And maybe that's because we're all working from home more now too. Uh, mm. So is there any like questions or topics or like any advice you have for a first date video date? You know, what's easy, and this is, you know, out of the COVID playbook was If you're a cocktail drinker, a wine drinker, say, let's grab a very quick half a glass of wine on a video date, because then you can say, bring your favorite drink and be prepared to show what it is, right? Super easy. 15 to 20 minutes, break the ice, see if there's a connection, even if it's mid or meh, but there's no red flags, go out on the in-person date. But then you're going to know that these photos weren't 40 pounds ago or five years ago or 10 teeth ago, whatever it is. <laughs> so it is also a catfish filter without saying the catfish filter. It is. It is. Right. It is. And, no, it is. And so many people look better in real life than their photos because nobody's telling people that their photos don't look good. That's I also job. think that's. That's especially true for men, I think, because unfortunately, it is not as socially acceptable for men to take pictures of each other. Like women are going out all the time and taking a group photo or be like, oh, take a picture of me in front of this cool background or this monument or like whatever it is. And men do not get to do that as freely in society. Right. Women, women lead a lot more. Men don't do a lot of things on their own. Um, right. And, you know, the bros, we don't know what they do. So maybe they take photos of each other on their own. I know Gen Z does. I'm the mother of two Gen Z kids. So yeah, they take <laughs> photos of themselves all the time with their friends, boys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. I think more like millennials plus. Yes. I think mm. when I've talked to guy friends who are single or I look at their photos or actually more often, when they come up on my own Bumble or my own Hinge, and I'll literally text them a screenshot to be like, "What are you doing? Why? Like, this, you have like, this photo. I know you I have, have better, better photos, photos of, of this. Yeah. Yes. Like I could send you better photos right now of you. You look yes. crazy. Yes. And again, people don't know what to do. And this is the thing. I'm like, there is a right way to do this. You know, mm-hmm. but then guys will see, well, all these guys have like bathroom selfies. Maybe I should do that. Or the car yeah. selfie. So dreadful. I don't understand. Like, are people driving? Like, oh, I'm kind of feeling myself right now. Let me take a picture of myself with a seatbelt in the rear view mirror. And view. I'm like, <laughs> what? 
how safe is that to even be doing that? Like, I have so many issues with the car selfie. Let me tell you, that is that is a trend I've seen. And I saw a meme that made me laugh so hard. And it was like <laughs> men over 40 on dating profiles. And it was the car selfie with the seatbelt and the sunglasses on. And it was yeah. like every time. Every no, time. nobody wants to see that. No. Nobody wants um, to see you without a shirt on at the gym or with an animal that's dead that you hunted. Nobody wants to see ugh. that. No. Uh, no. So I'm, Put some clothes on. I'm curious. I'm curious regarding like whether it's a video date or first date in person. When do you feel like people should bring up those more serious questions about like the future and more value alignment when it comes to dating, especially when they're fresh back out there? Well, you can also see this, right, on dating apps. Like, what are you looking for? You know, I don't know, not looking for something serious, right? I would say, do you really want to swipe right on that person? So look for the people that say that they want a serious relationship, that they're looking for marriage and kids or whatever it is your goals are. Make sure that those things align. And if you have a question about that, I had a woman who I was coaching. She was actually in our photo studio last week. And she said to me, Bella, this guy looks great on Bumble. Great photos. I like what he says in his profile. But it says... He doesn't know what he's looking for in a relationship. Should I left mm. swipe him? I said, no. Why don't you just say, hey, and you know, we came up with some fun script that kind of broke the ice. Curious, you say that you don't know what you're looking for in a relationship. Tell me more about that with a smiley face. Use your voice, ask the question, and then you can decide whether you want to go out with this person or not. Right. And so you can, you know, it's like, Hey, what brought you to the app? Like, Oh, you know, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for something serious. I do want to get married. I do want to have kids. It's fine to say that up front, right. If it comes up in conversation, I'm not saying you have to knock that out on date one, but you definitely want to make sure that you are both on the same page. And usually people will tell the truth. Sometimes we don't listen with the right ears. Mm-hmm especially if we're That's attracted true. to somebody and they're like, well, I don't really know. I just got out of a relationship. You know, I'm here to sort of see what's going on and we're all fired up as ladies. And we're like, Oh, you just haven't met all of this yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, eight to 12 weeks later, when it goes sideways, he'll say, I told you I wasn't looking for anything serious. It's like, but you acted like my boyfriend. Mm, doesn't matter. But he mm. wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wasn't. his words and actions didn't align. Like, that's the key. It's like those two things being the same. Yeah, for sure. And right, if he's like, I'm not looking for something serious, just because he'll come over seven days a week for the first two weeks doesn't mean that that's serious from his perspective. Mm -hmm. That's why I like to keep everything super slow. Our clients aren't exclusive with anybody until three to four months of dating somebody 15 really? to 20 times. Oh, yeah. This is how we've had zero divorces in 15 years. Oh, you've had zero. In wow. 15 Look at years. That. Right? And so when you do things with a process in a certain way and you follow it, it can work. Interesting. I feel like I know you're the um, official dating coach of the Steve Harvey show. I feel like this is in alignment with his 90 day rule. Yes? No? 
Would you say yes. you kind of have that role? Steve and I aligned on many things, on most things, actually. So yeah, his 90-day rule was hilarious. He's like, I don't know if you've heard him tell the story. Well, At- well, let's clarify for the listeners if they haven't heard. The 90-day rule is you don't sleep with someone until you've known them for 90 days or been dating for 90 days. I forget the yeah. exact. He says you don't give up your cookies, right? And don't so the cookie. Yeah. And yeah. he came up I with I have read that book, days. yeah. He came up with 90 days. He's like, when I was a young man, I got a job at Ford Motor Company and I was working in assembly or doing whatever. And there were no health benefits for 90 days. So you had to show up every shift, do a good job. And if you did well for three months, you got health benefits. He's like, I went to work with 104 degree temperature because I did not want to miss those health benefits, right? And he's like, and you ladies are handing out your goods after date two, date three. He's like, make them work 90 days. I went to work with a fever to get the benefits. Hold off your benefits like Ford Motor Company did. We do do need an asterisk next to the fever now post-COVID though. (laughs) Yeah, like please don't do that. (laughs) We don't don't do that anymore. But I, I get the point. I get the point. Totally. I get I get the point on waiting and I like the idea of like waiting until you've built something. I, I don't love as much the framing of like it's the woman is giving up something. Like that part for me is like a little but it's a like, little squeamish. I but yeah. yeah. But I get the I get the idea. Yeah, like I, I, I like where he's coming from. Listen, well, I, I want to go like, there. You should see I wanna... effort. You should see consistency. Oh, you should see like, that part effort. I agree with. But I do for agree sure. with Allie a little bit too of like it feels gross a little when we put it in that term. So yes. continue, Bella. What were you about to say? Let me ungross it for you. And I'm going to tell Great. you. Let me ungross. I'm going to tell you why we talk about sex exclusivity for men and for women. What I tell women is I'm an ardent feminist. Okay. A hundred percent. But part of being powerful is knowing your powers. And we emit oxytocin at much higher levels, which is the attachment hormone, than men do during orgasm, right? It's what Mm. oxytocin makes our milk come in as mothers, right? It is when you say, oh, my friend's getting induced for labor, it's amped up oxytocin, that's Pitocin, that has the baby come out. We have this powerful hormone in logarithmically higher levels than men do. Now, what happens when you are sometimes just making out with somebody, have sex with somebody, have something that makes you orgasm or comes closer, you're emitting oxytocin at such high levels, which is the attachment hormone, which attaches you to someone who may not deserve your attachment. Yeah, I have women that'll come to me. They're like, listen, I haven't had sex in a long time. Like, you know, my super hot mechanic not for me, but he flirts with me all the time. Maybe I'll just do an equipment check, like have a little fender, <laughs> get it out of me, scratch the A little tune-up. A little tune-up. Yeah. And I'm like, it's great, but understand your power of being in oxytocin. You will want your mechanic to call you tomorrow. And they're like, oof. <laughs> but that is your power as a woman. And we make it seem like It's bad. I'm like, to be powerful, know what your powers are. So be judicious about who you're going to give your oxytocin to. I I like it framed that way. 
Right. And that's the way I frame it. Right. It, it, because that's the truth for women. Yeah. Like it's a superpower, right? We are mothers. We build children in our uteruses. Like we are amazing, but who we're with, he needs to earn that attachment. So don't give that to someone who doesn't deserve it. He needs to earn that. And that is your power. And that doesn't mean I'm like, look, go have sex, go do the thing, but just know how we are wired biologically. And that does not make us weak. It makes us strong. Well, I've also made the argument that if you have sex with someone too soon, it sometimes can turn you off from a person. If it's not good, that actually is a good person, but you're more likely to be turned off because us ourselves as women are also not emotionally invested in this person. Because I've had that happen to me, and that's kind of like the opposite of it, but it's true. And at the end of the day, the answer was maybe I had sex a little too soon, and I was less likely to like give it a chance. You know, that's a really good point. And the best sex of your life will come with someone that you have a deep emotional intimacy with, and that doesn't come right away, right? So even if, and I've had clients have wonderful relationships with people. And then when they start having sex, they find out like something's not working, one of those things. But because they have a deep friendship and they can talk about things, they can get those things worked on and fixed. And it's amazing. That's that's the part that I've run into before because I've had that same thing happen, Erica, where like it's awkward or it's bad or, and then you're, and you don't have the foundation built to talk about those things. And then you're just like, well, it's bad, bad. I guess I'll just cut my losses. Like, I guess it's easier to just not engage in that anymore. Right. A hundred percent because you didn't have that deep connection in the first place to even feel like you can talk about it. So I'm curious also with this, this 90 day rule, let's just say waiting, you wait a long time. You finally have sex. And it's not good. I feel like, especially when you wait, there also is almost a little more panic. What advice would you have for people in that aspect? And essentially, I don't know. Is there like a how long should you keep trying and the communicating and seeing if things get better in the sex department when that actually starts happening? Right. And remember, there's a lot between zero and sex over 90 days. Okay. Now let's be honest. So true. So, so we're yeah. stair-stepping this, right? At the end of the day. So hopefully that also mitigates some of the panic just because you haven't done whatever the thing is that you're waiting 90 days to do to prevent the oxytocin flow. And at that point, I think you'll feel much better about talking about it if you're dating the right person. Even if Mm -hmm. if you're dating the wrong person, you could wait 900 days and it's not going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, but I feel like that's kind of, you know, I guess the new age of the not waiting. I feel like a lot of it comes from that is being like, Mm. well, the good part about feminism is now women are speaking out of like, we deserve good sex. And a lot of times we, took bad sex for years because we were taught it wasn't for us and it's to please men and the female orgasm doesn't even exist like bullshit like that so now that the narrative changed in that sense i feel like that's why it kind of goes hand in hand with people not waiting as long with you know their partner because it's an important part of a relationship is it the whole important part no obviously Mm -hmm. it's only like a part of it but i feel like that's that's kind of where this debate comes in about how long should you wait and when and I think a lot of people have anxiety with that in dating, regardless of age. 
And this is where I come in with my feminism point of knowing your power and knowing how you're wired and make better decisions for yourself number one in that arena. So you don't have to do anything too soon. And I think we've, sometimes we think like, and and I will say being a woman, being man, whatever, do what you want when you want. But when you understand your biology and you know, I'm playing the long game here and I want to meet someone that's actually good for me, you might find yourself making different decisions. True. Yeah. True. Um, I am curious then, you say we should date multiple people. We should not be exclusive with someone three to four months. So I got two questions. One, are you revealing to people that you are dating multiple people? And two, when do you decide to fully cut the other options off? Are we waiting until like we're officially getting the title, a boyfriend, girlfriend? So sorry, I just threw two at you, but, but I'm curious. Where, where do those fall? Remind me of the first question again. Uh, so you're dating multiple people. You said don't commit a couple months. Do you reveal this to other people or how do you respond if people ask like, hey, or, you know, I'm just seeing you. Or are you seeing other people? So assume everybody is dating everybody. Unless you have had the conversation, you're not exclusive at Smart Dating Academy, right? And now I, and this takes the conversation to another level. To me, and what I've been hearing more of, which I'm like, I don't like any of this, is, okay, we've decided we're exclusive. I'm like, okay, great. Now you're going to call him your boyfriend. Oh, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> I was like, exclusivity yeah. equals title. Yeah, this there's is, another step now. Exclusivity isn't another step. Yes. Right? I agree with when that. I agree with it, that as well. Right. When you're I've doing been burned, I've been burned state. by the exclusivity talk. I think we Believe all have. You know? Exactly. And so assume everybody's dating everybody. So there's no need to disclose that. If somebody asks you, are you dating other people? You can just answer like, oh, that's so interesting. What makes you ask? Answer the question with the question. Understand the intention behind the question. It's interesting that you say that because that's like, I posted a video the other week or the other day because somebody asked me, how do I ask somebody if they're seeing other people? And my response was, why do you want to know? And if the reason is, if you want to know because you don't want them to be, then say that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, I would love for us to be exclusive. Where do you yeah. stand on that? Yeah, you're just putting it all on them otherwise. Letting right. them have all the power in making this decision and answering this question. Absolutely. I love that. So I feel like you answered my second question indirectly. So it sounds like when you cut off all the other options is when – you officially become boyfriend and girlfriend with somebody else. And clarify that, please, because I'm <laughs> seeing in the last five years, there's this shift. Well, well, I don't know about the boyfriend-girlfriend thing. I had a client who, before she engaged us to work with us for a year because she'd been on eight dates with a guy, they were about to get intimate, and she was just like, wait a second, I don't, I, are we exclusive? Because I don't do this unless we're exclusive. And he was like, mm -hmm. and he stopped and he was like a, a good person. He's like, hold on. Like, I'm not in that zone to get exclusive yet. So they sort of put that part of it on ice. And so she called, she's like, I need to work with you guys. And so we're like, okay, that's fine. So we work her through this relationship 
And more and more and more, this guy was showing his avoidant tendencies. So by 15, 16, 17 dates, she finally, we got her to the bravery of using her voice to say, are we exclusive? And, and he was like, okay, that's fine, but I'm not yet ready to call you my girlfriend. I was Mm -hmm. like, this is the trap we've all been in. Yes. What's the difference? Yeah. (laughs) Right. We call it a scam on this pod. It's a scam. Right. And to me, it's like, if you're not willing to say both, that's not a thing. I, yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. Right. This is how I put it in my brain now. Yeah. I introduce you as my boyfriend. You introduce me as your girlfriend. These are table stakes. Yeah, how I've said it in my head is like, do I want to be the princess or do I want to be the queen? I'm like, I'm the queen. I'm not the princess. I'm the queen. I'm the queen. I'm the Hell top. yeah. All right? Am I the CEO yeah. or am I an employee? I am the CEO. <laughs> you know, like, I'm the queen. I'm no longer a princess. I've been a princess before. I don't fucking like it. I want to be the queen. I'm top I dog. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Then use your queen voice. Yeah. Yeah, we've been burned. We've been burned by that. I think everyone here has. Everybody has been burned by this, okay? Mm. And these are just because it's hard to use your voice. It's hard to ask for what you want because we come from the mindset of scarcity. Like, oh my God, if I use my voice, what if he or she says no? What if they leave? If they leave, they it wasn't meant to be. And right good sure? thing you're dating four other people, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't shut your bench down until you're ready. So you got the title. I, I, I have one little question then, because this kind of falls into a little more old school, which I'm not, not against. Do you have any rules and stuff with your clients, specifically women that come to like, let's say initiating the first date, initiating the second date. Do you kind of follow some old school rules with that? Are you like first date doesn't matter. Second date, you should let the man initiate. Where do you sit on all that stuff? I want to know that the person is interested in you if you're my client. So ideally, they should, they'll be initiating it and then saying, oh my gosh, we should do this again. What are you doing next Thursday, right? And and if you're women seeking men, I think what I can tell you, because I coach men as well, is they need some feedback too. Like they don't want, they don't want the princess on the sidelines that's going to sit there on her hands and say, well, you do all the work because they need some Mm -hmm. feedback. They're like, I don't know if you're interested. If I'm doing (laughs) all the heavy lifting, how do I know you're in? Yeah. Right. And so you want to be responsive. Like when the date's over, if you had a great time, give the guy a hug. Like this was great. I would love to do this again. Right. And women complain all the time. Like men, nobody walks up to me and just talks to me. I'm like, you have to look approachable. Look up, get off your phone, smile at them, chat with them, give them a reason. Because if you are sitting there head in your phone or, you know, we all wear our resting CEO or resting bitch face, right? Nobody's going to, nobody's going to walk up to you. A guy will say, you got to give me something like make me know you're not going to smack me for walking up to you. (laughs) Yeah. They want a green light, some type of green light. It's fair because all the rules tell us, which I think are unfair as women, 
Just sit back and be passive. Do nothing. In what other aspect of our lives, feminists, are we sitting on the sidelines doing nothing, waiting for something to happen? Zero. Amen. Zero. Amen. I say this all the time. Zero. I also, when I think about like friendships, for example, if I had a friend that I only saw when I texted her and anytime we went to lunch, I was the one who was like, that was so fun. Let's do it again. And then I had to follow up to go. I would not like that friend at all. I would right? not want to that friendship. Right? If you were the one always calling, always texting, yeah, it feels one-sided. Okay? And now we're talking about a new relationship. Right? And guys, you know, I – Men think women have it easier in the dating world. Women think men have it easier in the dating world. There's <laughs> a lot of expectations greater. on guys, right? Make the first move. Walk up to the girl. Plan the date. Make sure it's an awesome date. Like, get her home. Ask her out for the second date. And they're doing this with three or four people as well, right? So mm. it's knowing, you know, be appreciative. Be grateful. Like, say you had a great time. Give them something so they know. Then if they don't respond, that's fine. But you did your part at that point, right? I mean, they'll tell me. Guys will tell me. I, like, this girl, I went on a great date. She was super fun. And she's like, let's split the check. And he was like, I just appreciated the offer. Because she wasn't sitting there on her hands expecting me to do all the lifting. He's like, no. Let me get this. I would love to. But the fact that she offered genuinely, he was like total bonus points. Yeah, yeah I get that. I get right. I don't offer because it's not genuine, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. If it's not going to be genuine, don't offer. That's what I said. Like, you well, know, I agree with that. If it's not genuine, yeah. I agree, don't offer. Well, right. it's more you can't offer. And then they take you up on it, be mad, and count that as negative points to them. That's, that's exactly. So I'm like, your offer if you don't really want to split it, don't offer. But don't I agree offer. the offer I agree. is nice. I agree the offer is nice, but too many people Again, took me up on the offer, Bella. I didn't like video it. Game. It's free. <laughs> Nobody has to split it. And if you there don't you know, do another video date. During COVID, I had people fall in love over video, and they're now married. I'm sure. I'm that's sure. That's very fun. I'm not anti the date. I just sometimes it's a little hard. It's a little resistance, I think, in the younger crowd a little bit. Because all my friends that are 40 and over, they actually usually are doing that already. They're like, you're not, yeah. even, you're not doing a phone call before you meet? And I was like, uh, the 30s crowd is, is, from what I've experienced, not into it. So I might try. I, I'm, hold me to it, Stella. I'll, tr- I'll give it a try. I'll give Let's it a try. change this, ladies. The change started tonight. Agree. <laughs> I mean, you guys are both beautiful and smart. It's just a matter of time. You You have to make sure you're picking people that are great for you and that realize what great catches you both are. Well, thanks, Bella. Thank you so much. I think that's the perfect note to end on. Same to all the listeners out there. Yes. Yes, and all the listeners. So uh, if you want to find Bella, she's at Smart Dating Academy on social media. You can find her. You're also based in Chicago. However, you take clients from all over if anybody's interested. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and answering all our questions. And uh, this was so great. I'm so happy you came on. Oh my gosh. I loved it. And yeah, remember love exists for every single person that wants it. Just know it's a when, it's not an if, and stay psychotically optimistic 
about your dating life, feel free. We've got 120 episodes on the Smart Dating Academy podcast. If you like this and you want some more free information or just to be firehose with psychotic optimism, check it out. I love it. Thanks so much, Bella. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye.